The Horse and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast daily Tokyo special, supported by Toggy. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor at Horse and Hound, and I am out in Japan with my colleague Polly Bryan. Hi, Polly. Hi, Pippa. Have you had a good day? How's it going? I think a good day is something of an understatement. I've had an absolutely fantastic day. <laughs> <laughs> Come on then, tell us what happened. Oh my gosh. Well, the big headline, and uh, could not be much bigger really, is that our very own Ben Mayer is uh, our new Olympic show jumping champion. He and the fabulous gelding Explosion W won the gold medal in the individual final in the show jumping this evening. And oh my God, was it exciting. <laughs> it was so exciting as Polly says there were six clear rounds in the first round of the competition it went to a jump off we'll talk a bit more about the detail of who else was in the jump off and what happened a little later but um, Polly I want to hear more from you first because I didn't get a chance to listen to any of Ben's interviews because I was talking to some other riders what did he say what was his reaction I mean as as of course you can imagine Ben was absolutely thrilled he looked very emotional when he found out that he had in fact won that gold he was the fourth to go in the jump off out of six so he did have to sit through two more rounds um he had a lot to say he was he was on really good form as you would expect he he had a lot to say about that horse he said that you know that horse is 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 a horse of a lifetime he's never sat on a horse like him he probably never will again and i think we can all believe that because explosion is really something very special and there was a there's a reason ben came into this as the gold medal favorite um and the reason is that horse and and of course ben is such a superb rider but 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 he i mean that horse covers the ground at such speed without looking like he puts in any effort he clears the fences by miles without wasting time in the air which is which is really quite a feat he was magnificent today yeah, and in the jump off, I actually ran up into the stands to uh, watch the jump off um, with my with my bare eyes, so to speak, because I wasn't <laughs> watching it through the lens of a screen. And um, there was a real gasp from the crowd when he came into fence 16 in the jump off. Obviously, it wasn't the 16th fence, but uh, the jumps being labelled 1 to 14 in the first round and then some extras being used in the jump off. But It was the one in the middle of the ring, wasn't it? Sort of an S shape and they flowed around the S. Yeah. yeah, so he was jumping at an angle as everybody did to save time in the jump off. But it looked like he had misjudged it and he was a really long way off the fence and he was going to come down on the back bar. And there was just this real gasp from the people around me. Obviously no spectators here, but there were various other riders and so on in the area that I was sitting in supporters volunteers so there were a few people in the stands where I was and it looked like as I say he was going to crash down on the back bar but explosion just took that distance on and absolutely flew the fence it was incredible Oh my gosh, it, yeah, it really, really was. Um, ben said actually he really, really pressed on across across the middle of the of the ring. He saw a distance from quite a long way back. Yeah, he made the comment today that, that Explosion is not a normal horse and uh, yeah, we can all believe that. Yeah, and in fact, we had a chat with Ben a couple of weeks ago about that where he talked more about what makes Explosion different in the way he jumps. Let's hear from Ben. Explosion's technique is for sure unique. Uh, maybe when he was younger... He may have been a little bit overlooked because of the way he jumps. Um, he doesn't typically jump sort of bascule and, and round uh, over the jump as much as uh, maybe we would like to see in some horses. But um, as he's got older, I think he's proved that it for him anyway, it doesn't really matter. He, he kind of has a he's extremely careful uh, with his front front end. It comes up quite quickly and 
he kind of breaks a little bit in the middle through his back uh, to finish behind. So it is a, a very sort of unique technique, but uh, something that you can't really train, I guess. But it, it also helps him, it makes him a very fast horse naturally, and I'm allowed to be, my natural ring pace is a lot quicker than, than I would ride on other horses, and uh, it's probably been the, the key to him winning as much as he has won. Well, Polly, I'm particularly pleased that Ben won because I actually had some some money on him at the uh, uh, on online betting, he which did. is not something I do very much. But I did have a a few quid on some of the eventing, and I won 110 pounds on Ben. I had a tenner on him at 11 to one, so uh, I'm pretty chuffed. Well, drinks on Pippa, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I debated putting some money on Ben, didn't I? When uh, when I knew you did, and um, I never quite got round to it. But I think that uh, if I had, he wouldn't have won because that's often the way it goes so um yeah I think by not putting in that bet I uh, I helped him win the gold <laughs> I have to say I'd entirely forgotten about it and when I came down out of the stands after watching that um, jump off and uh, Polly and I just saw each other and uh, obviously we're not allowed to hug we're not allowed to touch each other it's all very social distance and we both just went ah <laughs> at we each other and, and then a couple of minutes later Polly went didn't you have money on Ben and I'd completely <laughs> forgotten that aspect of it the, the 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 sort of the moment in the mix zone when he it was the moment when he he jumped clear and went into the lead but there was and, and secured himself a medal because there were only two more to go and then the moment we we realised he'd won the gold. I think people in the mix zone were, were laughing at me and um, Amy Powell, who is a member of the lovely media team here. She uh, she said she was trying to be neutral, but of course she is British. And so she was also rooting for Ben. And when it turned out he had won, we both leapt in the air so high. I was jumping up and down with sheer joy. And uh, there were definitely people sort of having a little chuckle at our reaction. But that is that that was the pure excitement and euphoria of the moment um yeah proper proper olympic highlight i'd say for me one of one of them for sure yep definitely for me too polly um moving on from ben we did have a couple of other brits jumping in the individual final tonight so let's just uh, hear about how they got on scott brash first of all polly yeah, so Scott did really, really well. Scott finished um, joint seventh in the uh, in the final rankings with Jefferson. They jumped a really impressive clear round. It was immaculate. Um, there had been very few clear rounds up until that point. He made the course look easy. The horse was on top form, looked really class. They had one time fault. Scott was gutted. He was gutted because the horse jumped so well. He had such a great feeling. Um, you know, it had all gone to plan. And and when he, you know, looked up at the board after landing from that final fence and, and saw that he had a one next to the word time, you know, I, I think, yeah, it hit him pretty hard, as, as of course it would have done. Yeah, and it's almost worse to have a time fault than to have a rail in that mm. situation. But whichever way it was, it just ruled him straight out of the running. And uh, that was that. And young Harry Charles, Polly, how about him? Yeah, Harry Charles. Um, Harry Charles put in an absolutely stellar performance yesterday in the qualifier. He really showed showed why he deserves to be out here at the Olympic Games riding for Britain at the uh, young age of 22. Today, though, was not Harry's day, sadly. He, um, he said that he started off the course well, but the horse felt very slightly behind his leg. That's Romeo 88, who jumped so well yesterday. And uh, but unfortunately, his his distance into fence uh, five didn't really come off, and he 
sort of crashed through that fence and had another couple down before Harry opted to retire. I think it was probably a very mature move. He didn't want to give the horse a negative experience in that arena. I think, you know, the, the Harry was obviously absolutely gutted. He was very, very sad. But I think the thing to focus on here is how well he's done to get here, to get a place, you know, among the British squad at the Olympic Games and how well he did to qualify for the final. Only 30 riders went through yesterday out of 73 and Harry completely deserved his place in today's class. Yeah, not only is Harry very young, but his partnership with the horse Romeo 88 is a new partnership. He hasn't even had the horse for a year. So hopefully there'll be an awful lot more to see from that combination for Britain in the future. Polly, thinking again about that jump off that Ben went on to win, I think um, we need to know who else was in that jump off and who got the um, who ended up with the other individual medals. Yes, of course we do. Um, so there were six in the jump off, as we mentioned, um, six out of the 30 that went clear without time faults. Amazingly, three of the six were from Sweden. Perhaps not amazingly, they're a very strong side and they all deserve to be in that jump off. But uh, I think they were, for a while, there were only four clears and three of them were Sweden. And we thought, my gosh, this could be a Swedish walkover. So we had the silver medal went to the Swedish rider, Peder Fredriksson, uh, riding the wonderful gelding all in, who he also won individual silver with in Rio five years ago. So that was really special, seeing him back up on that podium. And in uh, in the bronze medal position was Michael van der Vleuten of the Netherlands riding his lovely young horse, Beauville. He uh, he was absolutely thrilled to bits with that horse and, and that performance over a really, really tough track. Uh, the horse isn't quite as experienced as, as the other two on the podium. So uh, Michael did did say how, you know, how happy he was to have been right up there with the big boys and, and winning a medal. I had a bit of a chat with Pedder. Um, you did, yeah. And... His horse, All In, has an interesting story because, as Polly says, he won the individual silver in Rio and was European champion after that. But he's also, since that last Olympics, had a about a year and a half out of competition with an injury, being brought back. And he is now barefoot, which is interesting. Mm. I think, obviously, it's a bit of a controversial topic. And um, please don't send me hate mail, whatever your views on it. But uh, it is a fact that the horse that won the individual silver medal tonight is barefoot. And... Yeah, interesting to hear that from Pedder. Mm. It really struck me how smoothly he rode. You know, that jump off round was absolutely as smooth as silk. And he said the horse goes best when he's ridden in a really big, not in a big rhythm, sorry, in a very regular rhythm. That mm. the, the things don't go well for him if he allows the stride to actually become too big. So a regular rhythm is important. I think also feeding into this is the fact that Pedder used to be an event rider. He's actually been an Olympian in eventing. So he has experience in sort of different areas of um, of horsemanship. And I think he is a horseman, not just a rider, if, if we know the difference between those things. So always so impressed with Pedder's riding. Um, and uh, he had a long chat with the Swedish journalist in, in Swedish and then was generous enough to uh, talk to us in English as well, which is something a lot of riders do, which we're always grateful for. Yeah, it was it was great to see to see him up there on the podium. And, and he, he did ride a fabulous round. I was really impressed with his. Definitely. And um, we, I was worried at one point that Sweden had three in the jump off and they were going to end up missing out and had three in the jump off and not a single medal, which would have been gutting. And they oh, haven't gosh. had much luck at the game so mm. far in the eventing and dressage. So it was good to see see the Swedish faces smiling tonight. Yeah, it really was good. We said that, didn't we? That if uh, if there was going to be one team that really did have a good night and it and it wasn't to be Britain, obviously that was uh, what we hoped for. Then it would be nice to see it'd be nice to see the Swedish riders um, doing well after the the last two disciplines. 
definitely. It's quite interesting there were six in the jump off, Polly. Same thing as in Rio when Nick Skelton won that um, gold medal. Ah. That was also a six horse jump off. Yes, it is really interesting. And I mean, we, we mentioned earlier that, that there seemed to be a long time, the first clear seemed to be a long time coming in this class. And that actually came courtesy of a Swedish rider. It was Henrik von Eckermann who produced the first clear riding King Edward. Henrik actually finished fourth overall, which as we've mentioned on our previous podcasts is definitely the hardest position to finish in. Um, he was gracious enough to, you know, give us some of his time and talk about the horse. Again, he was just incredibly, incredibly pleased and proud. As he said, it wasn't wasn't quite quick enough. But um, when we're talking, you know, a single second that covered the three medal placings. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it comes down to milliseconds. It really does. Yeah, and just to cover off the other riders in that jump off, Marlon Bayard Johnson was the third Swedish rider. And the other rider was a Japanese rider, and I definitely know I can't pronounce his name, so apologies in advance, but I'm going to give it a go. His name is Daisuke Fukushima, and he impressed so much tonight. Like, yeah, you know, the other did. riders in that jump off were household names, as far as that goes in show jumping. And and I have to admit, I'd never heard of Daisuke before tonight or before yesterday. And he jumped a really good round. Um, we had a translator down in the mix zone. So I was able to speak to him a little bit. And he said that he had sort of gone for a clear rather than for the time in the jump off. Mm. That sometimes if he pushes the horse too fast, things don't really work out for him. And also that he wants to save the horse's energy and power for the team competition, which is a very generous way of looking at it when you're potentially in an individual medal position so all credit to him for the way he rode and uh, his attitude we actually made him our rider of the day on the horse and hound website today so well done to him we'll be back in a minute or two to talk about what's going to happen next in the jumping competition the horse and hound podcast daily tokyo special is supported by toggy Shop the Sport, Outdoor and British Equestrian Team GBR collection at toggy.com. Technical, tested, trusted Toggy. So Pippa, the individual show jumping has now concluded. We do still have the team competition which gets underway on Friday. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about how that's looking like it might pan out? Yep. So the the first round on Friday, as Polly says, there are twenty teams to jump in that in that round, each with three riders, all scores to count. Um, it's very simple. Everybody jumps one round. The scores are added together, and the top ten teams then go through to the showdown on Saturday. So yeah, we'll be looking forward to that. Our understanding is that Holly Smith will come into the British team to replace Harry Charles. So the team will be Ben Mayer and Explosion W, Scott Brash and Jefferson, Holly Smith on Denver. So we'll look forward to um, seeing Holly, welcoming her for her Olympic debut. And Holly's actually making a bit of history herself, isn't she, Pippa? Yeah, so Holly is the first British woman to ride on an Olympic show jumping team in more than 40 years. We spoke to her about that just a few weeks ago. I think being the first woman to ride on an Olympic team since 1976, I think it gives all women a bit of a boost, a bit of hope. You know, there's so many incredible female jockeys and it is the only sport where men and women compete on level terms and we can match them. But actually it's the day-to-day running of things and the fact that we have the children that makes it very difficult. So hopefully it just gives people in a you know position like mine a bit of a boost that it is possible to make it well we're looking forward to seeing holly on the team and seeing some more show jumping action 
Polly, one of the things that's been interesting about this competition, obviously, is the courses, always a talking point. And I think you had the opportunity to get some extra insight on those today. I did, yes. Um, the, the courses have just been utterly, utterly fantastic. I've been quite mesmerised by it during sort of during those course walks um, that we're lucky enough to be able to do before the class starts. And uh, we've been doing uh, lots, we've been taking lots of photos of the fences and producing galleries on our website <laughs> so that uh, our readers can see every fence uh, close up, as it were. And um, I mean, the design, the decoration of the fences and, uh, and of course, the, the, the track as a whole has just been second to none here. And that is all credit to Santiago Varela, the course designer i caught up with santiago after uh the individual final it was fascinating to hear his take on on what he was sort of aiming to produce as the course designer here at the olympics and um yeah you'll be able to read more from him on that in next week's issue of horse and hounds and i think it's a great result six in the jump up i think was absolutely perfect tonight well polly we're looking forward to seeing some more jumping the day after tomorrow but meanwhile, we heard that some listeners have missed our Life in Tokyo segment when we <laughs> omitted it on a podcast yesterday. So we've got some more Life in Tokyo to tell you about. You kick off on this one. So <laughs> this morning I uh, had a rather unexpected wake up call. I um, I was woken up by the very strange sensation of my bed sort of swaying backwards and forwards. Um, and it turns out that it was an earthquake, which uh, took place at, I think it was 5.33 a.m. this morning. So a bit of an early wake up call for me. Yeah, earthquakes are, are common in Japan, I should say. And um, this was was not a big one. There was no damage. There was no tsunami warning issues. It's, you know, it was very sort of uh, day-to-day procedure, proceedings for um, people who live here. For those that don't like myself it was it did feel quite dramatic i have experienced an earthquake once before in my life but of course it's not an everyday occurrence uh in the uk yeah it was uh it went on for about a minute i think the the shaking and uh it sort of stopped and i thought oh that that didn't that didn't feel uh, quite normal and i and i straight away sent you and uh i sent pippa and, and peter nixon our photographer out here uh what's that message to say um was that an earthquake and i didn't hear anything back from pippa transpires there was a reason for that wasn't the pip <laughs> yep i slept right through the earthquake um as i said yesterday on the podcast i uh, missed out on some sleep earlier this week uh, the night after the eventing and uh pretty exhausted so i slept very well last night and did not even wake for earthquakes <laughs> I wondered if maybe I had imagined it, but uh, no, it was all over the news um, very, very quickly. And uh, no, it's, it certainly did happen. It was a magnitude six earthquake, although um, that was at its epicenter, which was sort of out at sea. It was it was less than a six actually in Tokyo. But um, but yeah, certainly some drama to start the day. Well, I'm kind of sorry that I missed it, but I'm also happy that I was sleeping. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping is a good alternative, I'd say. Yeah. The other thing that we did today that we thought you might like to hear about is that Polly and I paid a visit to the main press centre. This is uh, massive at the Olympics always. I think it's actually been trimmed back a bit for this Olympics with fewer journalists coming out here because of COVID. But it's in a sort of conference centre called Tokyo Big Site. We took a bus there from our hotel. Um, You take a bus to the Media Transport Mall um, and then either walk around or get a little fuel cell bus to get into the MPC, as it's called, the main press centre. We had three missions at the MPC. The first was that we wanted to pick up our transport cards. Now that we've been in Tokyo for 14 days, we're allowed to take public transport. Um, We can do that for free as members of the accredited press and 
We're planning to get the train into the venue maybe one day later in this week and also probably to get the train to the airport when we leave. So we picked up our free transport cards. Our second mission was that we wanted to eat a pizza because mm. we heard that there was good pizza at the NPC, which proved true, didn't it, Polly? Certainly did. Yeah, we uh, we had really good pizza, even though we were sitting looking at each other through a plastic screen, as is uh, <laughs> quite normal now, which is odd in itself. Yeah, that was uh, that that was strange, but uh, I still enjoyed my pizza and having a chat with you over a plastic screen. And then our third mission was that we wanted to visit the merch store because if you're at an Olympics, come on, you've got to have branded stuff. So yeah, we went there and uh, went a little bit crazy with the. Uh, presents and pins and notebooks and scarves and masks all the things <laughs> branded yourself, that you can get Pippa. the rings on <laughs> Polly bought like more three. restrained Polly bought like three things I bought about eight most of which I must say were presents for other people yeah maybe I'm just not that generous <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh well the other thing was that as we were queuing to get into the merch store there was like the world's biggest vending machine outside mm. it i have to say i've never really seen a vending machine that sells anything other than Just... snacks and drinks but it had mugs in it you can actually buy almost anything from vending machines in japan i think i've uh, i've seen underwear sold in vending machines on the streets here so that's an interesting oh, well, <laughs> cultural if... reference so if we run out of knickers toward the end of our, of our trip we could just go and buy some from a vending machine I think we could. i'm not even joking <laughs> okay listeners if we buy any knickers from a vending machine we'll be sure to bring you that news it is quarter past one in the morning we apologize if we're a little hysterical but we have a day off tomorrow no action no podcast please don't miss us too much but we will be back on friday after the first round of the team competition thank you for listening to the horse and hound podcast daily tokyo special supported by toggy 